0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Hey, everybody. It's Mind Pump time. Uh, in this episode of Mind Pump, we get deep into fitness. But before we do, we do our introductory fun Realty. conversation. Uh, for the first 40 minutes, here's what we covered. First off, I talked about the most awkward handshake Of all time, I have dethroned Justin. I didn't think you could do it. Yep. Uh, (laughs) you might have won. Super, super awkward moment this morning. I'll give it to you, actually. Uh, We talked about Oakland decriminalizing psychedelic plants like psilocybin and peyote. Uh, Congratulations, Mm. Oakland. Good for you. Groovy. Yeah, don't be throwing nonviolent drug users into jail, so good for you. Uh, then we talked about the influencer bubble. Apparently, there was an influencer with, uh, and I'm doing quotes, influencer, hmm. with 2 million followers who barely sold 36 shirts. Wow. Yeah, good job. Yeah, that's uh, not good. Uh, Justin brought up the school principal who got in trouble for uh, copying a speech that was originally done by Ashton Kutcher, huh? <laughs> uh, we talked also about advertising companies who are mining our brains. Uh, to learn how to advertise to us better. Yes, they're using technology and machinery to look at your brain and how you react to certain images. It's getting weird out yeah, there. not scary at all. Then I talked about ButcherBox's crazy promotion. I think they might have lost their mind. Uh, bacon for life. Yeah, if you sign up for ButcherBox. I'm going Butcher that
0: tattooed on my arm.
1: It's bacon for life. Now, ButcherBox <laughs> delivers to your door extremely high-quality grass-fed meat. You won't find grass-fed meat of this quality that tastes this good for this price anywhere else. And of course, it's delivered directly to your door. Uh, We are sponsored by them. So if you go to butcherbox.com forward slash mind pump, you'll get, of course, the bacon for life uh, and you'll get uh, $20 off your first box. Make sure you go do that now. Then we talked about our upcoming Mind Pump Live events. If you'd like to meet us in person, have us answer your questions in person, hang out with us. Let's uh, get physical. Have a good time. Careful, Justin, with that one. (laughs) You can find out about all of our upcoming events. Just go to mindpumplive.com. We have an event coming up in San Francisco. We have one coming up in Colorado, Denver, and another one coming up in Seattle. Um, That was the intro portion. Then we get into the fitness stuff. Here was the first... Fitness question: This person wants to know what our thoughts are on intuitive training versus sticking to a plan. Is there such a thing as just training intuitively or should you always stick to a plan? Mm. The next question, uh, we give our thoughts on suspension training systems. Are they good or are they just a stupid fitness fad? The next question, this person feels one side engaging more than the other when they do compound barbell movements. What is the solution? We give it in that part of this episode. And the final question, is all muscle created equal? Why is it that some people who are smaller are stronger than other people who are bigger? Believe it or not, there is an answer, and it's mm. science-based. Science. Also, this month, MAPS Strong, it's one of my favorite programs, is 50% off. Now, this is a muscle-building, strength and strength stamina building program that is unconventional. So if you're bored with the traditional, you know, bench press, curls, laterals. Body part split, whatever. If you're bored with the traditional workout and you want to do different stuff, you want to do things like zercher squat, uh, you know, snap snatch grip, high pulls. You want to do farmer walks, uh, circus press, fat girl press. Yes, that's an exercise. Yeah, yeah my favorite. All that stuff is in Maps Strong. It's programmed differently. It's extremely effective. It's posterior chain dominant. You will build an incredible back and backside. It's good for the glutes too. Here's what you do for the fifty percent off. Go to MapsStrong.com. M A P S. S T R O N G dot com and use the code Strong fifty S T R O N G five zero for the discount. Act now because this promotion will be ending this month. I think I dethroned you, Justin, for the most on what? For the most awkward handshake of all time. That's it. that's you did impossible. Because I've been,
0: I was on a streak there for a while. Justin I just was, couldn't
1: get it right. Yeah, he was king with the. Remember the time when we were at yeah. uh, in Austin when you met Aubrey. Yeah, and yeah. he went to shake. What happened with that? It, it happened has missed twice. Hands. <laughs> and and I was like, I
0: don't know. Maybe I'm just not. You know, like on that same. Energy, aura, wavelength, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe I haven't, like, done enough trips to the to the netherworld to you were in get the, it right. You were in the wrong dimension. I was, yeah. yeah I like, wish it was caught on camera so we could have done So that.
1: What, what happened exactly? You go to shake his hand. And yeah, he, and I kind
0: of came in, like, I I have, I mean, I, I cock my, my elbow out a bit, you know, yeah. and I'm, like, coming out. <laughs> normal. Like a, yeah, like normal. I'm just trying to, yeah, make it work and have the right angles, and it just... We were we were going to join and there was a shift of like up and down. Almost like you know, in two magnets, like when you have the wrong sides kind of Yeah. It was like that. And so you ended up shaking hands like Meh. Yeah, just <laughs> like I was on top of his knuckles and it, it was all fucked up, dude. And it happened two times. Yes. And then I kind of pinch squeezed it and then I'm like, and it's like, you know, when, when you got like a flipper that you're dealing with, <laughs> all that kind of thing. So I'm kind of shaking it. He's kind of looking at me. We're kind of like, this didn't work. No.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, we just left confused. Yeah. That's, that was a tough one to beat, but I, I, <laughs> I think I might've fucking beat it. What did you There's do? There's no way. Who? I think I might've beat it this morning at Whole Foods. So this lady, uh, is holding her groceries and she looks over and she's a fan. And she's like, "Oh my God, Sal! I love, I love your show." So I'm like, "Oh, th- nice to meet you." And I put my hand out to to shake her hand, right? So her left hand is holding the groceries, and then I, as I reach over, I see her other arm, and she doesn't have one. Oh God! Yeah. So no, no, that, <laughs> no, did, no that did not happen. Oh, no, dude, no. you're an asshole. Yeah, it did. Oh, so no. no, it's okay though. She so dropped you- she dropped the groceries and used her left hand. She did the kind of turn, whatever. And then I laughed. Hopefully she's listening. I laughed, and she goes, "She goes, yeah, that was awkward. I like, I was super awkward. I'm, like, I'm really sorry.
2: I'm, like, I'm sorry i did not see." <laughs> she's like, "Hey asshole, could you not tell?" I didn't. She have started laughing, and, and I'm like, whoa. "And I'm like,
1: you mind if I talk about this on the show?" And she's like, "No, you can totally bring it up." So anyway, shout out to I don't even remember you your name. You made drop her groceries. Yeah, dude. I went yeah. to go grab her hand, and she turned. You it's know, right. and it's like in that split moment, you're like, "What do I do?" Wow. Do I acknowledge? Okay, yeah, you did dethrone me. Or do you shake a bicep? That one that is worse. So was <laughs> <just> <laughs> shake a bicep. Anyway, so yeah, wow. I, uh, I, uh, I won that one, I think. Wow. Anyway. That happened this morning? That happened That's, before that I came a, to amazing. work. And you know when you have an embarrassing moment, and then every time you recount it, you get- It gets worse. You get sweaty? That's yeah, what's happening right now. Like little tightnesses happen in yeah, your I, stomach a little bit. I, I know now like, forever. Ooh. I'm going to tell people a story, and every time I bring it up, I'm going to feel- <laughs> <laughs> Awkward every fucking time. Isn't that there? So.
2: There's something about that. I have a buddy who's like this, and it's funny because we've known each other for a long time, and and maybe that's because we grew up as like you know bros in in school together, and we were too cool then. We're we're now like if you're close to me, I hug you. It's, I hug. Yeah. I'm, I'm a hugger. Yeah, he's yeah. A E-R hugger. you are a hugger. Right. You Mr. never H- hugged H- me, though, yeah. before. I don't remember that. <laughs> you just, you, you have yeah. two more years to get oh, there. Okay. Then, then we get to hugging. All right. All right. right so I don't want to see you guys hug. That's, that's weird. <laughs> you don't want to see us hug? <laughs> no. So I... I can hug
1: other people, but not Adam? <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's Turns a, him on. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get comfortable. I don't want that to happen <laughs> in front of me. He's like, <laughs> I like this way too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah I don't know what's going to happen to me when that happens. Well, you know what We'll do. We'll, we'll we'll put you in the middle. And then what? we'll will hug each other. Oh, no, this is just no. That's, that's a cheese sandwich. That's oh, <laughs> with the bread, bro. That is a with cheese sandwich. With the bread, anyway. Yeah, the grilled so, so what happened to your buddy? Yeah, so so,
2: so still to this day, you know, and I and I have I've actually called him out and say, bro, we're like family now. We hug when we leave. You know what I'm saying? And so when we when we leave from seeing each other, it's I go in for a hug and he goes for a handshake sometimes. I'm like, What are you doing? So I have to like <laughs> hit his hand away and then and then hug him. But it's it's funny. The, the transition, though, I re, we've known each other for years and years. So I remember that uh, when, when it first got to that point, uh, there was probably a good year of our friendship that there was this awkward moment. Because it was like, in my head, we've transitioned to family. We hug now. Yeah. We see each other. It's just like seeing my mom, my brother, my dad, my sister, anybody I would hug after we see each other. We've been friends for 10, 15 years now. That's where we're at. But you have that old... Yes. yeah. But, I mean, back when you you know you yeah, used yeah. to do the handshakes oh, you'll right. see you later bro you yeah. know or the the bash <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah. we so there was this transition period that and i feel like we there should be something uh, said or somewhere you could read about this like well, how do you go from being cool bro friends when you right. were kids to, to, to being like, like to like deeper yeah it's a f- yeah, family it's a, yeah, you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. and what's and that transition look let's, like let's go to the next level bro. no
1: it's you know what it is it's it's because you have an old uh, pattern with each other like you ever you ever right. you ever not see a family member for years and the last time you saw them, you were 15 and they made you feel insecure or something like that and then you see him later on you're like 35 yeah. and, and you all have this weird like why do i feel like i'm 15 again. It's that old pattern that you have set. <clears throat> so my son uh, really hates it when I kiss him in public. And that only encourages me yeah it only makes it worse <laughs> you're so bad oh yeah because i'll get him in a headlock uh, you know and because you can't i'm still way stronger than him so i'll get him in a headlock and then i'll kiss him 15 times yeah and <laughs> i'll start saying his name real loud oh, you know man. so all those so people die can hear. inside yeah i'm like i'm your dad i told him i said <laughs> go, i love you daddy yeah, loves you yeah, yeah. i'm like i'm your dad i said <laughs> yeah. i don't care how old you are i'm gonna kiss you on your face oh my god i don't even care i'm gonna do it in front of your wife Your I don't care yeah. who you're dating or whatever, it's gonna happen.
0: My dad deal used, with it. That was his move for getting me to stop wrestling, you know, and like messing with him. <laughs> he just work? come at me and start kidding with this mustache and I was like, oh it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. So, so I, I can I can identify with your That's kid. So gross. <laughs> yeah, a little bit.
1: Anyway, do you guys hear about the news in Oakland? Ah, uh, psilocybin. Yeah, so psilocybin. And I- no, peyote, Peyote. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know if ayahuasca was on that. What I read was peyote. Oh, I and, read ayahuasca too. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'll check while you're now. Talking. It's not legalized. I hate the I hate uh, news reports. They're so stupid. They, they, right. they, they de- it's decriminalized. Decriminalize right. totally different than legalized. Right. Legalized means that you it's can accessible. You can sell it in stores. You can market it. Whatever. That's not the case. You can't uh, openly sell psilocybin. It's just been decriminalized. It's been placed at a low priority by police. So if you get caught with, like, a personal use of mushrooms, yeah. at, the, at the most, they'll probably give you they a fine like or confiscate ticket. confiscate it.
2: Yeah, they might it. Unanim- exactly. unanimously to decriminalize psychoactive plants like ayahuasca, oh. peyote, and hallucinogenic mushrooms. All de- all yeah. psychoactive
1: plants? That's what it says. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how,
0: is it, how does that work if it's, like, just the city of Oakland, like, decided this?
1: Well, think about who's, who's most likely to, to bust you if you get caught with something illegal. Yeah. Your, your local police. Right. It's not like we don't have a federal uh, police force. Yeah, for someone Thank getting, God. getting high on fucking shrooms. Yeah. Like so,
2: no one's investigating some some somebody getting high. No, no. I mean, unless it's like out. if you go to a different
1: city or <clears throat> if the feds come in. Like, remember when marijuana got decriminalized in California? And this is back when the the, the federal government thought they had a chance. Now they realize this. They give up. But yeah. they would actually send the feds in to bust – people and uh it's an interesting like state rights versus you know you know federal rights type of thing and this is starting at the city i think it'll be decriminalized in california as a state very soon Oh, I really yeah. do. Oh, That's
2: y- going to get the ball rolling for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, just like you said with with marijuana, we followed followed the same suit. Started off in like the Oakland, L.A., and then Bay Area, and then it ended up spreading everywhere. Like no. you'll, you'll see it go. Hundred
1: like percent that the, yeah. the war on drugs has been a complete and utter uh, absolute failure. Yeah. And the worst part about it is substances like uh, psilocybin, um, you know, LSD, marijuana. They were. Un- it was almost impossible to do studies on them unless you were going to study their their bad effects. Like that's the only way you'd get approval. You'd have to go to the government and be like, "Hey, I want to do a study on, on psilocybin." They say, "Well, what are you studying it for? Um, you know how it hurts people." And they would be like, eh, "You know, even then it'd be hard, but maybe if you're like, I want to study it to see if it helps people through therapy or PTSD you or had whatever." Like, Flag high. Never, never. And so we ne- we just ha- we didn't have any studies. And so this is good because it's going to encourage it's going to open the doors for more and more studies to be done so we can learn like with marijuana we 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 know that some compounds in marijuana are uh actual cures i would I, I don't want to say cure actually actually effective treatments for certain forms of childhood epilepsy that are terrible where kids get like 100 seizures a day we would never have discovered that had we not started to decriminalize and allow you know studies to start happening so this is freaking a, a really rad rad thing. I can't wait to see, because uh, I'm not I'm not pro like people just doing a bunch of psychedelics. I think that you need to treat them with a lot of respect, and I think a lot of people are gonna have a bad. Yeah, it's a very potent tool. Yeah, they're gonna have a bad experience. I think people are gonna be like, oh cool, I get to do this now. They're gonna try and be like, that was terrifying. I think uh, what I am excited for is uh, therapy. Yeah, I'm excited for for like like r- real licensed. Therapists, people who are trained in the use of these substances, um, who are also licensed to do you know, psych, you know, psychology or whatever, to work with people on things like addiction, trauma, PTSD, um, you know, marriage counseling. Even you know, some substances were originally intended to be used in marriage counseling, like uh, MDMA, uh, ecstasy, that was designed for marriage counseling. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, I could totally see how these substances could help. In some of those cases where, you know, your husband and wife are sitting in there and uh, they take a substance, you know, he cheated on her or something like that. And they take the substance and she's much more like empathetic. And he, you know, they break the walls down and then you could start the work type of deal. So anyway, hmm. we'll see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. Did you guys, uh have you guys been getting tagged on that Instagram girl who that influencer?
2: Where there was like the title oh, of these articles, she, she, like the one that has two point six million followers, and try to sell some t shirts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, did, I did read about I, that. Yeah, no. two
1: point six million followers on Instagram. So she's like, okay, oh, this I, is a gold mine. I'm going to sell some shit. Yeah, she put together a clothing company and launched it and sold. Guess guess how many shirts she sold? 30, two, two 30, point, 36, Right, you knew, you knew the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thirty
2: six shirts. You know, and it's not. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's not that surprising to me. I mean, I feel like we've talked uh, about this. I know for sure I've talked a lot about this uh, when I get interviewed on shows, and uh, this facade right now of like influencer marketing. Like so many people think that they, because they have hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers, that they have all this like influence. Influence, right. and I, I think you can see. Uh, like you can even see the way the, the the engagement on a lot of these pages are changing. I, I, there's a lot of people, I mean, I, I openly admit I follow a lot of booty pics, so I follow a lot of these, uh, be, and, I, and I couldn't even tell you the names of their pages or the models. I follow them just because they do. You'd recognize the butt, though. Yeah, I'd recognize I mean, the ooh, butt. And see so, but they they had a lot of engagement people following, and now I think that because the people don't stay on their page very long, you see it in the feed, you know, booty pic comes up, I like it, I keep moving along. Like, I don't, Read. Her, I don't read her caption. Like, I'm there's
1: not, no influence. Yeah. people are just looking at. Well, you
2: me. see their. I see their traction going way down too. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if you go back like two years ago and you looked at like the the interaction that was happening on their photos, I think people are just becoming more. It was savvy. novel back then, too. right? Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. Is yeah, that yeah
0: the the market on Instagram? It's like everywhere you look, I mean, that doesn't even get them the likes they used to get, no. you know, from what I've seen. Uh, an attractive... And I've been watching.
1: An, attra- an a, a, a semi-attractive for person... Reasons, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's why I tell Yeah, semi-attractive business. person posing uh, with, you know, posting semi-nude pictures. Uh, yeah, you're going to get thousands of followers. Yep, it's going to give you nothing. You're not going to be able to create any business off that or anything. You have no influence, which to me, when I look at people like that, when I look at these... When I, when I see pages with... 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 followers and they don't even have a business around it. It's just, look at my pictures. Why? Like, why are you doing that? It's 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 such a, a display of, um, what's the word? Insecurity? Mm-hmm. It's like the whole, it's like a popularity contest. I just like yeah. people looking at me.
2: So well, It's also perpetuated by some of the people that are having a little bit of success pretending to have a lot more. That's a big one. So I was just doing an interview yesterday and I was talking about, you know, it's it, it's... It's laughable when I see this, and this is popular. So. You're talking
1: about the Mike Matthews interview?
2: No, oh. no, no, this wasn't in my no, Mike. No, Mike and I were calling out other people and other shit. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
2: know, I don't know. I'm, I guess I've been riled up lately. Did knows? you get any, fire, any, any, yeah. any uh? No, actually, you know, I told Mike, uh, He, I mean, that interview was, we did that interview almost a month ago, <clears throat> and I, I didn't know he had posted it yet. And uh, actually, I, I started seeing people sharing it and actually saying a, uh, a bunch of nice things and tagging me. I was like, oh, shit, it's live. And so I – and I normally don't listen to the – interview. I just don't have time. I don't have time to listen to our own show. I don't have time to listen to myself on another interview. But this one I was curious, and so I actually did listen to this the interview because I was nervous. So I told Mike, I'm like, I don't want to come off like I'm hating on a, a, a said company or a person who runs a company. But I'm also very uh, uh, real, and I'll, I'll share my opinion on something. And that doesn't take away from uh, the person. And so I didn't want to come off like I was talking. Because I've openly discussed or talked what I think about uh, first-form supplements. Because I get asked a lot. People ask me all the fucking time, like, oh, what do you think of first-form? Oh, what do you think of first-form? And, you know, my honest opinion is I I don't care for it. Uh, And it's not because of anything, a personal attack on uh, the CEO. Like, it's not like that at all. I just don't care for the business model and i don't i don't like how it was built i watched it get built on instagram so i'm very familiar with uh, the way they grew the business and and how it has a lot of success right now and i'm i'm a very aware of what what we could be generating right now if we decide, if we were our message was promoting supplements and trying to get people to buy on a monthly basis you know our business would be 10x what it is right now so uh, I, I'm okay with sharing like what I think about that if someone asks me, but I also am, I'm, I'm trying to be careful and not coming off like I'm I'm hating like I don't, I'm not hating I'm, like to each their own if you want to do that. So, anyways, I listened to it and uh, it wasn't that bad. And Mike's like, yeah, I was nervous too. I thought we were kind of hard. And I'm like, oh, no, it wasn't that bad when I when I listened to it at all. I thought we I thought we navigated around the conversation.
1: But a lot of these influencers put up this uh this this like it's like a fake storefront like, you know, there's cities in uh. in in China, for example, or there were cities in the Soviet Union that they would build to appear to be big and modern or whatever. Nobody lived in them. It was a
2: total facade. This is what I'm talking about. So what I was getting at was I shared with this guy who interviewed me yesterday that, you know... If you've never started a clothing line or try to start apparel or or sell supplements or doing those things, like you, you may not have any idea of margins and what it costs to do that, the overhead, what kind of how much you'd have to be producing to actually be generating six mm. figures or more. And so you've got a lot of these in in, in my space, like is like as far as the bodybuilding community and, and the physique and bikini world, this is really popular. You gain a lot of traction because the way your body looks and and your physique and you got all these eyes on you, then you pivot to your own brand yeah. and you create a, a logo or whatever and you slap it on some t-shirts and tank tops and you sell it and you and you pair yourself the artist up. formerly known as chad right and then you <laughs> and then you you sell it and then not only do you sell but then you also like hype up yourselves to your audience that's looking at you like man crazy amount i'm shipping today and they show like piles of like clothes going, you know, (laughs) T-shirts going out. Busy day. (laughs) And what I was sharing with this guy, because we were talking about Mind Pump as a business, and I was sharing like all different line items and like, you know, how we monetize. And I'm like, you know, what's funny is like when I see that stuff, I always kind of chuckle inside. And again, this is, I don't comment. I don't say anything. I'm not hating. But you, I wouldn't be bragging about that because once an apparel line or a business like that is actually generating even just decent money, uh, you would scale out of it right away because the margins are awful that if you spent all of your time doing nothing but packaging and shipping to make six figures, you would be working around the clock 24- It makes no sense. It makes no sense. So the fact that you are still shipping out your own items and stuff like that it tells a guy like me who understands the margins really well that you're not- You not that much volume. You're not that successful. Yeah. But see, Instagram kids that are watching and following this, they see that and they see the kid post his- his BMW or his Mercedes, and he's like traveling, and he's you know hyping up his lifestyle, and it's like, oh fuck, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I want to get so popular. It's fake. I've got a hundred thousand people follow me. I could start my own brand, and then I too will have a Mercedes, and I too I will could lease follow- a Bentley. Yeah, you know I mean? right. So yeah, what about like a video?
1: that? Like there's that one fitness guy who's like he always wants to show pictures about how much money he makes, and he's like, oh. Today sucks. My Bentley got a flat tire, and he's like, he's got to show a picture of his big Bentley so everybody knows. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. Yeah, that's that. That game right there is it's going to get old real fast. to The point where it's going to start turning people off. That whole look at me, look how much money I make, look how. And a lot of it is not real. Yeah, it's like and, the,
2: it's the Margaret Thatcher quote that I love so much, and I love to share is that you know if you know, being powerful is like being a lady, if you have to tell somebody you are, yeah. you're probably not. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know who actually has a lot of
0: influence that I didn't expect. Ashton Kutcher. Oh, right? <laughs> Why, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, apparently this principal got a lot of heat because his commencement sme- speech to all these uh, students uh, they went back through and found a lot of similarities between Ashton Kutcher's, like, 2013 Teen Choice Award speech and then his speech. And what? he's, and he's like, claiming, no, this was all from my heart and all this, and it's, like, almost, you know, the, the same exact format, like, all oh, that whole okay, thing. Okay, wait, who stole from who? So the principal. The principal stole from Ashton oh. Kutcher's 2013 speech. What and a he,
1: hypocrite! It, <laughs> All those, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. you write a you write a, a, a paper, and the teacher's like, you plagiarized. And the pre- he said the
0: accidentally, yeah. you know, like that was his last like statement. It was like he, it was it was
2: accidental. He's you know? using the same lines yeah. the kids give. Now, they're how they're did, how, now how did now how did Ashton Kusher find out? Did he actually find out himself? I don't think
0: everybody else found it and then posted a viral video on uh, Facebook, kind of comparing the two. But how funny is that? Can you imagine like, getting caught? Like at least. You know, plagiarize from somebody that's I don't know, maybe like a Bill Gates or like no, somebody. No,
2: if you're a teacher, you can't plagiarize. That's well, just yeah, it. that too, right? Period. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's just it. It's like, all bad. Like, it's all bad. If you were a teacher, you that's like of, of all the people. Like, <laughs> plagiarism is bad. Whoever does it, yeah. But I, like I, Einstein or but something. It, but you if, know, if, like, what you Ashton Kutcher? But if like someone, like if one of us did that, if you did that, and I found out later on, like what you wrote was from somebody else or what, and you plagiarize it, it'd be especially like, if you're a school principal. Yeah, no. Oh,
1: that's yeah, like dude. the ultimate person. He gets can- up there. He's like, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> I had a dream. Like, well, huh? I,
2: feel, I feel like I know that. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. This is interesting. interesting. This is powerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway.
1: Have you guys heard of the term uh, surveillance capitalism? No, what's that? I just learned this uh, the other day. So this is a term now that's being used to describe what uh, big companies are investing a lot of money and energy into. And surveillance... They're spying camp, on us? You, it's basically... Can they gather as much? Inf- how much information can they gather about their about potential buyers? <sighs> the tech because technology allows you to gather so much information, so much more information than ever before. Before the information you would gather from your potential buyers was from their purchasing habits, <clears throat> uh, surveys. You know that it was very limited. Yeah. But now you can watch everything that they do oh, when they're online. That's creepy. And so, yeah. And so, experts are like, "Oh, this is not fair because this is going to give them a lot of power to manipulate." Well, they're taking it to the next level. Mm. So, market researchers are enrolling subjects in a study where they are going to uh, subject them to scientific-grade brain scans. And what they're going to be looking for are triggers that spark emotional connections and affect behavior. So they're literally going to hook up people to machines yeah. and they're going to show them images like and, ha- and do things yeah. and play music because oftentimes things will happen in your brain before you're even aware of how you're being influenced. So without, and they can, they know this, they know this through studies. Like they'll know like, okay, we just triggered an emotional reaction in this person. Right. That's more likely to get them to act impulsively or whatever. And they may even ask you, Hey, how do you feel when you watch it? Eh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, because you're not aware. It's not in your consciousness, it's in your subconscious. So, market researchers now are starting to study what happens subconsciously to you uh, in your brain when you're <clears throat> looking at certain types of messaging or advertising. This is going to get
2: really fucking weird so real fast. W- so, what do, you, what do you think about things like uh, prejudice because of that?
1: Oh they they've, they they have already proved that that I mean that that happens to everybody. Everybody makes these these quick judgments and oftentimes it's based off of experiences and of course of right people,
2: yeah. like almost almost and I don't want to say uncontrollable because I think that's the part where you 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 have to learn to discipline yourself is that subconsciously my mind goes a certain place because There's been patterns that it's recognized. Predictive behavioral patterns. Or what you've been taught or whatever. And the brain works mathematically this way and works predictively that if every time I see uh, this type of a person, this has happened in my life. Whether that's only five times, three times, or 50 times. Right. It's enough times that my brain has now remembered that and is now working, trying to work ahead of time and let me know, like, oh, be careful, or Mm -hmm. oh, you like them, or oh, no, you don't. So you have these these prejudices subconsciously that are embedded in you, whether you know it or not. It's
1: just decisions and feelings that our brain decides for us, I guess, um, that we're not even fully aware of. And this is – we've known this for a long time. And the thing is, in the past, we haven't been able to fully describe it. Like, again, we've talked about this in in past episodes – like when you walk into a room and it feels, um, you feel tension. Yeah. You can't. You don't know why. So what do people say? Like, oh, the energy <sighs> felt tense. <laughs> but in reality, what's probably happening is your brain is picking up subtle cues. Totally. Yeah. People totally. in the room. If people p- clasping their fists together. You know,
0: maybe like Look on their face. The way somebody uh, looks. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: it's and some of it's so subtle that we, you couldn't pick it out. But your brain picks. because remember your brain is is taking in millions and millions of bits of information, you're aware of a tiny fraction yeah, of Yeah, it. it's like one-tenth. Yeah, there's no, you're not aware of all yeah. of it. So, and, so all these things are happening behind the scenes, and so it becomes your feelings, your intuition. It influences your behavior. But the thing is, is that they're now taking that kind of science that we've been studying, and they're going to start uh, applying it to marketing. Well,
0: yeah, I feel like they've already been testing that the whole way through with like propaganda and, you know, being able to utilize that with commercials. It's just now they have access to all this like personal data. You know, it's like they, they can pinpoint individuals now instead of just like they'll bring in people as like case studies mm-hmm. or they'll pay them to to go through like some of that testing. But uh, now they have access to, you know, all this just data uh, that, that's at their, their whim.
1: Yeah, and, and here's the example I like to give, right? Like, I definitely do not think uh, ultra-processed, highly palatable foods should be made illegal. I don't. I think you need to be able to choose whether or not you put that in your mouth. That being said, has the invention and creation and money that's being spent or been spent creating these types of foods to make them super palatable, has it been somewhat unfair Yes, for sure. It's, it's definitely been a major factor in the obesity epidemic um, and our health problems, and it's taken a few generations for people to start realizing, but even still, it's so hard to control that uh, you have to develop practices around it. This is what I think is gonna eventually happen with, with
2: digital wellness y- stuff. with marketing. Yeah, huh.
1: I think I think it might take a couple generations.
2: Well, where you see it are I mean, that's why that when I read the Adam Atler book why it was just fucking boom mind blowing for me to see where the direction that we're going, because that's that's only gonna get crazier. Well, These tools are gonna become more and more and more addictive, not less. Yeah. And they're just getting better and better at it. You know it's funny? Speaking of this point, uh, you guys have you guys played with all your um, all, the iPhone upgrade has all these new like features on how to manage your social media time and your apps. No, I haven't seen it. So I've, I, I started playing with it yesterday or day before yesterday. <laughs> it's actually pissed me off that it says what it does. So one, I can set uh, <clears throat> no like certain apps. I can only have a window open for me that, okay, from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. I can use said apps. And then these apps I only want to use during these times. Really? So I can do that. And then I can also set a, a time parameter that once I hit two hours of all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of them, it locks me out right away. And so if I go to go back in, it has a screen that says you have you've, you've timed out. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm. I, I did a screenshot in my story the other day. I don't know if you saw it and I was like, shit. Because oh, of,
1: that's what that was. Yeah. Oh, so that cool.
2: was a that was me going back into my Instagram. See, I love that. And I already hit my two hours. I love that. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that we can do all this stuff. But I'll tell you what, it's been a little annoying because I I don't re- I didn't realize how much I still go back on there to do little things even mm-hmm. if I'm not letting myself get sucked in for an hour at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh shit, I already used 2 hours in the entire day, so I wanted it to lock out, but then oh, I needed to send something over mm-hmm. to Taylor or Rachel. Fuck, I need to get in there. Oh, I got to unlock wow. it. Yeah, and ignore it. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Wow,
1: that's really cool. Yeah, it's 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 inc- it's incredible the influence that this information will have over you to make you believe a certain thing, mm-hmm. even though sometimes the real information is out there to show you that it's not true. Did you guys know? This is a good example. Did you guys know that recycling plastic is largely a waste of time? Yes. Do you guys know that? For
2: yeah. for a long time yeah, it's been.
1: Yeah. It has been a complete waste of time. It's almost a complete waste of time. The at energy the be- is at too begin- much. Em- at the, be- yeah, at the, to the beginning make it, it
2: wasn't, but I know it became a waste of time. It
1: is. In fact, some cities are completely abandoning it. I think it's just glass, <clears throat> aluminum and paper really is is all that's worth it now. In the past we would sell it to other countries. We would sell our plastic to other countries and so it was kind of it made sense, but now they're sending it back. And but if you took plastic and threw it in the garbage, I kind of feel a little bit like, ah, oh, what am I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been brainwashed so much by, you know, but I don't know, man. It's kind of <laughs> I'm trying, crazy. Trying to do the plastic <laughs> yeah. thing. Hey, uh, here's something for you that's kind of cool. Uh, Butcher Box brought back, and I didn't think they'd bring this back because I know
2: that they- It sold out last time. Yes. Yes. Bacon for life. I know. I saw that. So I'm going to bring, so you guys know. They must have been listening to me. I'm bringing down, uh, so we go to Manhattan this weekend, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring my my latest butcher box uh, order that I got. Uh, I knew that we were going to be heading down here, and since we're going to be on the beach, uh, Manhattan Beach, yeah, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. we'll grill it up on the beach. Hell yeah! So,
1: but bacon for life because I know the last. When did they do that last? I that don't know, like, but it killed. I mean, who doesn't uh, want bacon for life? It went insane, yeah. and I thought that they wouldn't do it again because well, <laughs> sometimes it, you know companies come out with a promotion. Yeah, uh, what well, was I that get one?
2: excited about that one. We that had to back it. We had to back out of it at the halfway point. Don't you remember? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's, remember that one airline that's like, hey, pay eight thousand dollars and fly free forever or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right and. And, or bring someone forever, and they were like, they lost money on it. Yeah, at some I, point. I brought similar. that up. That was in
2: a book I read not that long ago that where they did that. And it was, um, there's still a, fil- a few people it was that like are, Mark Cuban and all that, yeah, that like yeah, members of that. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're still grandfathered in. It was like something like two million dollars, and you fly for free for life, or something. Yeah. It was like two, it was a big number. But they weren't they weren't computing like oh yeah. shit so they didn't these-
1: add it all up
0: over yeah like twenty a years 10, these 20, business 20
2: guys 20 traveling years. first class all over the world every other like, day wherever they want to go yeah.
1: yeah I'm gonna go to France tomorrow they yeah.
2: lost their ass on lost that. their ass there off. was one that my my buddies uh, did. so uh, Best Buy when Best Buy was brand new came out with this thing where if you signed up for one year of internet service through them you got a three hundred dollars worth of um. Uh, stuff at their store like anything you want of cam camcorders whatever th- a $300 gift card to their store and you could sign up for as many um, you know un- you know as many internet services as you wanted to so th- someone found a loophole right away it went viral so you you and you found out and I remember being at school my boy telling me like, dude, this is when we were in junior college. So he's like, "When you get out of class, you got to go online. You got to sign up for as many you can." I'm going there right now, and they did like ten accounts because what you could do is get the gift card, go buy all stuff, and then turn right around and cancel the the actual internet service. Oh, wow.
3: <laughs> they didn't have that in the loophole.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. So Best Buy, you could probably, you might be able to Google this, like you know, Best Buy's worst day in business history or whatever like that, or losing on internet service. I don't know what you would Google, Doug, but. You could probably find this. It was years and years ago. This is like 2000 when this happened. But man, I had friends that came up on like just a frenzy. Oh yeah, they were just si- they were just using email accounts and signing up for like 10, 15 different things getting all these gift cards, going there shopping, $1500, $3000 worth of stuff, going back home, canceling the internet service right afterwards and then not having to pay more than a more than the initial sign up Well, fee. we'll see what happens with ButcherBox. <laughs> giving out
1: hey, giving yeah, out out <laughs> all those horror stories. Bacon forever. Yeah. You yeah. know,
2: back in the day,
1: if a, if a gym sold a lifetime membership, that was how you knew they were going to close their doors. This used to happen quite a bit to the point where... Dirty. This is before the gym industry really became uh, massive. Like This is before the 24-hour fitness rate I, showed. I
2: remember, I remember when Schroeders did that.
1: Yes, yes. I remember re- that gym in San Jose? Yes, yes. yeah. yeah and what they would do, and they actually had they some like towns and cities and states pass laws against this where you couldn't sell a lifetime membership because what these gyms would do is they'd say... If you give us $3,000, you'll have a membership for life. Yeah. And then, you know, then four, they close the door. And then they close the door 4 <laughs> months later cuz they're trying to just you yeah. just get a bunch it's of cash. Fire sale. Yeah, getting a bunch of cash up front. <clears throat> so then what gyms had to do is they had to sell an expensive membership and they had to sell you you had to pay something. So they do something like ten bucks a year for the rest of your life, or something like that, yeah. in order to get around the law. But a lot of gyms are doing that. They would sell these lifetime members. I knew people like
2: this. They'd be yeah, like, "Yeah, I bought dirty. a lifetime
1: membership at that gym." Yeah. They fucking closed the door six I re- months. Well, later. Well, <laughs> I, re- I remember
2: Schroeder's did that because they were right up the street, and I remember we caught wind. That's we- South San Jose, right? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was right down Santa Teresa. That's right. And I remember when we caught wind that they were going out of business, we were excited because we were running. That-, that was back when I was at oh, Santa they were Teresa. Gobble up all that business. Yeah, we were gr- we were excited, but then I caught. I heard that they were like selling lifetime. I'm like, oh, that's dirty as fuck, <laughs> yeah. dude, knowing you're going out of business.
1: Did you ever, I don't know, do you guys ever do this, where you found out about a gym going out of business and you set up a tent in their parking lot? Did you guys ever do that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we used to fly of in those places. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, no, I did. Uh, we, we, we would find out about gyms going out of business and we'd go in their parking lot and set up a little table or whatever and yeah. offer free month memberships. Have whatever. you guys seen there
2: Uber and Lyft do this to each other? No. So anywhere you go, if you see like a, a Lyft office or a Uber office somewhere, almost always you'll see the opposite company in in the parking lot with a tent. And normally it's not in their parking lot because legally I don't think they can do that. It's like a, like right up by my house. Next time you guys go to my house, when you go to that gas station, there's an Uber place right there, and the right 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 next door to the uh, to the gas station is the Uber office. And then in the gas station parking lot, so it's not quite in the Uber's parking lot, is a tent for Lyft. And they're they're uh, getting applications, and since the two companies don't, I mean, they are competitors, but they're not at the same time because almost everybody I know who Uber both they do both, yeah, so they can use either option because it's which one's bigger. Oh, Uber's bigger. Uber's bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Uber's bigger.
1: Yeah, it's in the future, it's like a dystopian future. In the future, Uber and Uber Lyft wars, you know, <laughs> started. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're fashioning like machine guns on their cars and I got, shit. I got my pinky yeah. for pretty Speaking, funny. speaking of going to Manhattan uh, Beach, we need to tell our audience that now we have because people keep asking us when the next live event is coming up. You know when are you guys doing the next live event? So our next live event's already sold out. We're doing it. Uh, you know, we're, actually, by the time this airs, I think we would have already done it. Um, but we have uh, new other events coming up. We have July twelfth in San Francisco. Um, we have, and that's going to be Viore. So Viore will be hosting that one. Um, then we're in Denver on July twentieth, and I believe that's with Ned, uh, the hemp oil um, company. Yep. And then July 26th, uh, we're going to be, uh, and this one will be hosted by Skinny Dip. This one's going to be in Seattle. Yeah. So now you can go on uh, the website, mindpumplive.com, and you can sign up for these future events, take a look and see if you can make one of them or Yeah, whatever. and
2: there's more There's more we're doing. She's just going to set out like the, yeah. first, the three at a time or mm-hmm. so.
1: Because yeah. it would sell out so fast, and then people, you know... So, we're doing it away so you have a way advanced notice. You can get yeah. on and site up and one, Getting better at this. Yeah, new, near you or whatever. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah.
3: This Quaz brought to you by Organify. intuitively versus sticking 100% to a plan. All right, this is getting out of hand now.
1: All the intuitive <laughs> <laughs> everything's intuitive. It takes a long time before you can start to train in an intuitive way cuz what does intuitive really mean?
2: I used to fight you on this a lot when well, we first started talking about it. For this exact reason, just It so means you know. you're like super educated on
0: the subject, and you, now you have uh, room for flexibility.
1: It's the goal. That's the idea. The idea is to know, uh, to kind of really understand how to listen to your body and train. And by the way, you should have a, a component of this, even if you're not training intuitively. Even if you are following a program. Right, good point. You should still try to listen to your body. The problem is, uh, if you do it completely intuitively- is that people don't know your, your intuition could suck. Yeah. Well, they just yeah. don't have it. They don't have it. They don't know what to what to look for. Yeah. They don't know what to listen to. Um, if I trained intuitively growing up, uh, and which I did, sometimes I did, ninety percent of my workouts would have been too hard. I would have been doing chest and back and shoulders. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been. Uh, it would have been ineffective type workouts. Scheduled, planned workouts are the reasons why I did things like train my legs it's the reason why I did things like higher reps it's the it's the it is what got me on a structure to do things that I knew were right for my body but in the moment you just want to do what you what you think is fun and what you think is going to be awesome so I don't think very many people are in this place I think this is more relegated to like you know after you've been working out for 10 15 years you know
2: oh I I agree with that with this and the nutrition into it and I know that that should be I think you say it best with the, it, this should be everybody's goal. You should be seeking. So instead of blindly following a program like that, that's what you don't want to be doing. You don't want to, even, even our programs, right? You don't want to just blindly follow our program the, the way we wrote all of our programs with the intent to educate at the same time. It wasn't just a bunch of random exercises and hey, these are hard, go do them. It's Hey, there's thought put into the order that we that we order all the exercises. There's a reason why this exercise and not other exercises. And so, you know, your goal as you're going through that is trying to learn that, unpack that. Now, if you're listening to the show and you're following program, hopefully, we've kind of helped piece that together for you mm-hmm. and made intuitive training easier for mm-hmm. you. But by no means should it be something that everybody is doing because it's just like me. If you were to throw me on in, I love uh, watching ice hockey, but I've never played the fucking sport in my life before. And if you threw me on a, an, a hockey rink and expect me to intuitively know where to be and flow with the game, I couldn't. And even though I understand the game and I've, and I've played the video game and I understand, you know what I'm saying, like, I would not intuitively know how to flow within the game until I've put probably years and years and years of practicing with teams, understanding the sport inside and out. That That's just training, training is just as difficult and 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 there's so much science behind it that it's not simply just intuitive training isn't just oh i feel my body isn't that sore so i know i can get after it like that's a piece mm-hmm. like that's a that's a, a tiny you piece you still to have it. to conjure up a plan like right. on the spot and on the fly and i think that's really
0: like it would be a better definition of intuitive training is like having that extensive knowledge in in you know experience within creating structure for yourself like you know when i'm in this situation this is what i can apply and so you can kind of pull from past experience past knowledge uh on the spot but it's still it's still coming from a place of structure so it's not like you know we all we all definitely benefit from getting back to super rigid structure like that's something i'm always like having to check myself i got to get back to structure totally so it's it. There's there's times where it is good to to kind of go off the path and and be creative and be flexible with you know what you're doing and what's what what's pulling you towards it. But I'm always like coming right back to structure because I know that is the formula that is what works and it, it, it's
2: applied and I've I've found benefit from that. Well, anytime yeah. you're going intuitively, whether it be nutrition or training, you're you're guesstimating. You're, there's still room for even someone with the most trained eye and the most, the deepest understanding of physiology and deepest understanding of nutrition, you're still guesstimating, you know, you're, if you're not tracking or or following a, a plan, you're guesstimating. And it's like, you know, somebody who is relatively new at training or relatively new at, you know, tracking their food are it's probably going to be less good at guesstimating than somebody like let's say Sal, who's been doing it for twenty years of his life, every single day, and is and has pretty much read and studied that subject more extensively than any other subject. Uh, yeah, and and I would argue too, like Justin saying, like I still benefit from going back to structure. Yeah, I, most of my training and dieting right now is. Very intuitive, but I also don't have serious goals right now. I'm not trying to make major moves. I'm trying to be healthy, and being healthy, it's pretty easy for me to intuitively make good, healthy food choices and take care of my body by doing movement and exercise. I'm not trying to make muscle gains. I'm not trying to burn a bunch of body fat. I'm not trying to look a certain way, so it doesn't require that. But I guarantee you right now, if I set out a goal and said, hey, I want to look this way or perform this way, I mean I would go right back to structure.
1: Yeah, in order to really really be effective with intuitive training, you have to have an understanding of your body. You have to have a good understanding of exercise and then you also have to have a good relationship with both of them because it's not just enough to know these things. It's also you also have to have a good relationship with them because if I go to the gym and I'm still with still dealing with body image issues and insecurities, Or if I have a bad relationship with exercise to where I despise it and I don't value it because the truth is, from a feeling perspective, purely, exercise hurts. It's exhausting. It's painful. You know what's more fun than in the moment than exercising? Sitting on the couch and watching an awesome TV show or hanging out with your friends and having a drink or doing almost anything else than kicking your own ass in the gym. (laughs) So you have to have a good relationship with it to the point where I enjoy the hard workouts when they're appropriate because I enjoy them for what they provide me. And it's not uh, it's not the pain necessarily. I view it and I feel the pain or at least I perceive it a little differently because I have a good relationship with it. And so it requires all of those things to do to, to be intuitive. But like uh, for myself, for example, I've been working out for a long time. Here's my intuitive component. Now I know that I'm going to work out my full body three days a week. I know this. I know that on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna hit my entire body. I also know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm gonna do some core work, mobility work, and some calf work. Okay, and that's just right now what my routine is kind of looking like. So that's the structure. Now, here's the intuitive part I may go to the gym Monday and I may think I'm gonna do six sets per body part. Um, And I think today I'm gonna do mostly machines. Or maybe a Wednesday and I'm like, you know what, Uh, I'm going to go way more intense, but I'm only going to do two sets per body part. Or maybe, you know what I'm going to do today, I'm going to do no isolation movements, I'm going to do all compound movements and reduce my volume because I'm listening to my body and I see how I feel. And then Tuesday and Thursday, that'll help dictate what mobility I do or how intense I do the mobility. That's the intuitive aspect of my current workouts, but I still have the structure of knowing you know, these are the days I'm going to do these types of workouts. But then, of course, I listen to my body. But it takes a while; it takes a while to get there. So, I always caution people to go th- about this "go by feel" thing because most people don't really have a good grasp of what that even means. Nutrition is like this; like most people have no they they have no concept of what that really even means. I mean, if they were to do something intuitive, it would be eat the thing that's the tastiest. It would not be. Uh, eat what's best for my body or best for my mind or whatever. So it takes a long time. But you can get there. You can definitely get there. It well, just
2: and it, it, I think what really matters is the goal, right? Like, cause if someone comes to me and they go, adam, i I, I love the shape that I'm in currently already. Um, I don't want to track food. Uh, I don't like following a rigid workout plan. You know, can I just work out? At, you know, you know my favorite class on these days, and go for a hike on yeah, these days. I just
1: feel I like being active, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, and you just want to be, how? yeah.
1: That's I, a long term plan, actually. Yeah, that's when you find people who've been working out for a long
2: time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there, you don't have to track food, you don't have to be on a, rig, a, a rigid uh, plan, exercise wise, because you're already content with where you're currently at, and you pretty much care more just about kind of maintaining that. And you have a good understanding of what's good and what's not bad, what nutritionally or nutrition wise, and you know what exercise you enjoy doing that you mm-hmm. do consistently, and so you have found that like fucking a, that, nothing's wrong with that. Go for it, that's awesome. But I I'm, I caution when we when we talk about intuitive eating and training because I know that a majority of clients and a majority of the people probably listening to the show, they have goals. They want to lose twenty pounds. They want to build five pounds of muscle. They want to shape their body a certain way. They want to perform better when they do whatever. And so, if you have specific goals, uh, and you're also trying to eat intuitively and train intuitively, that's a tough thing to do. Like it's kind of like that's where you have na- you eventually evolved
1: to. I've got a great I've got a great uh, analogy uh, to kind of explain this. Um, you know, when you first get your driver's license. The cost of car insurance is at the most expensive it's ever going to be when you're a teenager. Like you're 16, 17 years old, you just start driving. And car insurance, uh, at least for males, doesn't drop in price for a while for you until you get much older. Now think about yourself. How long did it take you to be able to drive intuitively? It took a long time. If you really think about it, like now I can drive intuitively. I'm in my car. I'm driving. doesn't mean I'm not paying attention. I am, but I can read signals. I I know when cars are merging. I know how to move and drive. I know when to hit my brakes or whatever. But when you're first driving, you're fucking thinking a lot about what you're trying to do. And if you're a 16-year-old kid and you're trying to drive intuitively, that's when shit goes wrong. That's when stuff happens. Mm. It took a long time. And you drove every day. Think about that. You were driving every single day for probably five years or more before you felt like you were driving pretty intuitively. Well, you exercise. Don't, you don't exercise every day, so you get less practice with working out. It's going to take much longer than it took you to learn how to drive intuitively. And uh, theoretically, it's far more complicated yeah. with your workout because there's so many different variables and so many things you can apply on your body. And, and your body's always changing. And, and, and
2: changes when you have a goal. Because if all sudden right. now you have a goal, now you now you're like trying to be a race car driver. And intuitively drive at the same time, yeah. which is just making... No,
1: and those guys do race intuitively. They're the best race cars drivers, do drive intuitively. But fuck me, you know how long it took them to get to that point? Right. When they know when to... They know that like, just to move the steering wheel a, a, a microcentimeter to the left so they could get the right angle and when to hit the gas at the right, I mean, that's some brilliant shit, but 100% they weren't born with that, and it took a long, long time. But I will say this, Adam, in in, in response to what you are talking about, the person who says they just like to be active every day, those are the people, and I've known a few of those people, the people who've been working out forever who just, you know, I don't really have a plan, but I like to be active every day. I've been working out for 30 years. Those are those people have the healthiest uh, relationships with exercise. Yeah. Totally, I've ever run into. Those are people who you know forever. They're not
2: going to stop. They're never going to
1: stop. They're fit and healthy. They could care
2: less about building more muscle, getting leaner, whatever. Well, they've made the connection. Yep, they've made mm-hmm. the right connections. They they are now at a place where it's like I'm doing these things, and you say it all the time, and I think it's such a great statement is that doing it because you love yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's like hey. Uh, I recognize when I'm on my exercise routine and I'm making good food food choices, I'm a better human being. I have more energy, I'm happier to be around. I sleep well. Like my stomach feels good, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, and by the way, I look pretty good too, but I don't really care that much about that because I'm doing it all because I want to want to be a healthy person. And that person and it's also to a point that I made on my stories the other day, which is you know, I, I we have. By the way, I meant to tell you guys this. We we offended some people with the beachbody stuff. We I talked saw to. that. Oh, did you see that? Yeah, oh, I've God. seen a few messages. Yeah, I, I didn't realize.
1: Of course, you're gonna offend people because some people had success, you right? Know, That's how we and burning calories that. and right?
2: So I got a long old email from somebody who you know has been you know doing beachbody for three years and has had lots of success and like just felt offended. You know, you guys say one minute you're a competitor, and the next minute you're talking shit about them. I don't understand. And it's like, whoa, whoa. First of all. Um, you know, it, we stand by what we say. The programming is shit. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't have success doing that. In fact, we've said on this show many a times that a, a superior program done inconsistently is not better than a shitty program done consistently. So if you, if you that's a testament to you and your dedication. Sounds like you were very consistent for many years mm-hmm. and that consistency has paid off well for you. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that it was programmed well. We just but, know there's a different formula. Oh, that's yeah. out there that's better. Right, exactly. It could have been that much better. So if you had that great of results following pro prog- poor programming, imagine the results that you would have had. And hey, if it got you into shape and it hooked you in, and it, then I understand the loyalty to it, but it's a fucking fact. Mm-hmm. It's a fact it's poor programming. Yeah,
3: evolve past it. Yeah. Next question is from Dance Girl. Thoughts on training with suspension training systems? Is it a good tool to incorporate with strength training? Do we do we still have the the mod the suspension training mod? We do. It's in uh, maps anywhere.
1: Is it maps anywhere? Or maps performance. It's maps anywhere. Maps anywhere. Yeah, I I'm a big fan. I'm yeah. a big fan of suspension training. Awesome I think, tool. I think it's one of the challenges with body weight training has always been being able to
2: scale it. Yeah, like regressive. You're or getting progressive. stronger. Yeah.
1: How do I add more resistance to a push up? How do I Make these things more difficult, so I'm not doing five million
2: reps of the of the same exercise. Or regress things, like for example, like a pull up. Like That's if right. you can't do a pull up, like oh man, I love a suspension trainer for teaching somebody a body weight type of a row exercise.
0: Yeah, you mentioned closed chain versus open chain, and so there's another way you can like incorporate that, and uh, you could scale it. So yeah, you can make it more intense by like changing the angle, getting closer to the anchor, away from the anchor. Um, and I feel like too, just like more ways to use your body, um, uh, you know, against gravity. I find a lot of value in that, and really getting more body awareness involved. And yeah,
1: it's a different skill altogether. I mean, there's, there's, the thing about strength is it, it it can be quite specific. In other words, if you get really, really strong at working out a particular way, there's carryover to, uh, you know, general strength. But most of the strength that you gain is with that specific thing that you train. So if you're always training with open chain movements where you're moving a weight away from your body, you're going to get really good at open chain movements, but you're not going to get as good at the closed chain stuff. The closed chain stuff, which is you're moving your body and and not something away from your body. It's like a push-up is closed chain versus a bench press, which is open chain. You're going to gain a lot more body awareness like, like Justin was talking about suspension trainers give you just a lot of uh, a lot of variety i can really go a lot of different uh, directions with a suspension trainer and create a whole host of different types of closed chain movements i wouldn't say that they're the best muscle builders in co- direct comparison to weights. No, However, if you go, if, if you never do it though, no. neuromuscular
0: connections, yeah. it's, it's very good for that. I mean, I, I mean, I've brought this up a few times about like taking a, a year off of weights and really just working on suspension training and working on. That's right. You did do that. Yeah, like like Olympic rings and doing things that ch- were very challenging. I mean, like doing a lot of like Olympic ring pull ups and like. Uh, Uh, you know, muscle-ups, and, like, I was getting, like, as far as I could go in terms of, like, challenging my body against gravity, and, uh, you know, the strength was there. The physique itself, like, was different. Like, it wasn't- uh, That's where you're fat? Yeah, I was- (laughs) God damn it, Adam. I was
2: on a roll there.
0: (laughs) And then he fat shames me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Probably I don't know. I don't remember. Actually, you were. Real, I remember when you were that. Just fucking. No, no you, were, just, you were really leaner that time. Well,
0: when I first got to uh, twenty four, when I was like working for Adam, like I was, I had like a little bit of a gut, like coming from Chicago, and like I'll never leave it down. Even when I met Courtney the first time, like uh, she saw my my ass crack and everything because I was just like I was carrying a few extra lbs, <laughs> you know. And so she was like, anyway. So yeah, that did happen. But this i don't I don't think so, but yeah, I was uh I, I definitely like benefited from from doing that in terms of uh body awareness and being able to generate more force and feel like I was more supported in my joints
2: i I would argue that the suspension trainer may be one of the best you know trainer tool inventions in the last decade, uh-huh. Yeah. I agree. Would you not? I would 100% yeah. agree. When I think of all the, the new toys and stuff mm-hmm. that we, we've seen come in the last two decades, like I would say that that tool, I've used that, and I think it it's so cool, too, that you can uh, take it on a run for out, outside. It's so very if you're, convenient. Yeah, yeah, if you're an outside person, you can throw that thing over a tree and, mm-hmm. and get an awesome outdoor workout. And- if,
1: I, if I worked out at home and I didn't have weights but I wanted to maintain a good physique – Give me suspension trainer and my body, yeah. and I would be I would be good. The you know the problem again with the body weight training without suspension trainers has always been how creative can I get at scaling this up and scaling this down, and it's it's really hard. Suspension trainer gives you all kinds of oh yeah,
2: diet. you can do a, a, a lot of your auxiliary movements. Like right? you can do a lot of arms and shoulders and tricep stuff, which is tough to do when you're doing body weight. You got to be strong, like to do a close grip push up. That's tough to do for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And yeah, you can regress it to your knees, but there's only so far you can go. Shoulders? What are you going to do? A, like a, a inverted push up? Like yeah. that's? I mean, that's about all you can yeah, do for a handstand push ups for body weight stuff, right? There's not a lot of options, and I know there's some some cool little unique ones that I've done that for body weight, but it's challenging with this with the, the suspension trainer. I mean, you could do some really good tricep, bicep, shoulder type movements that will develop your arms, and you can you can really regress it, and you can really progress it to where you're work you work your way up to some of those really tough movements. Yeah, so, that's
1: a trend that's not going to go away. No, I don't think a, it'll go away. Great tool. Yeah, I think the popularity of it may change, but I never I don't think it'll ever um, it'll ever go away. And I, yeah, I remember when it first got sport. introduced, it blew up. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. all over the place real quick. And there was branded companies, you know, promoting their own classes and stuff like that. And I'm always skeptical anytime I see a, a new fitness trend. But I immediately knew this would be good because I knew the success of, you know, I, I knew the benefits of training with things like rings. You know what I'm saying? Really, what are suspension trainers? It's like yeah. it's like rings for everyday people with more totally you know with with uh, more variety. Like I can do much more things with rings. Rings is much more advanced because they're typically set at one height. It's a very regressed version of rings. Yeah, and so well, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, of course. In fact, I remember thinking to myself, like, damn it, why didn't I market this? Because it's not really an invention. No. Uh, it's just somebody. Oh,
2: it's, it's so it's so brilliant when you think of companies like uh, TRX who branded it so well and they yeah. patented the way they. Well, there's a made lot of their stories st- behind that too about
0: how that got patented and how somebody else actually invented it. So, really? Oh yeah. 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 Oh They're, really? What's yeah, story? The, guy, the guy handed it off. So there's rumors about, it. I can't really verify that that was the actual case or not, but I've heard lots of uh, rumors about him being, taking the product with him, going overseas with it. Cause he was in the military, showed it off to his buddies, really liked it. And then like got a bunch of investors together and just basically made it and then ran with it. So, oh, wow. uh, yeah, from, uh, some, uh, gym in Chicago, actually, like a, a, I forget what they're called. I think it's something Monkey Gym But uh, it was all like suspension trainer based kind of gym, and they like had come up with all these crazy concepts. So
2: there's some there's some stuff,
0: some dirty business stuff, bro. That's you
2: know how you know how common that is that all the time. Brands that we know of that you know are massive and big, and it was like it was somebody else's idea Mm -hmm. first. That but somebody else came in and well, here's the way I look at it. it Better,
1: yeah. That was just that's it. Yeah, here's the way I look at it. Like if you have a great idea, but you're failing to market it and really get on it. It's open, man. Someone could see it, tweak it a little bit, and they're the ones willing to invest the capital and time to market. Because it's not a cheap thing. Like no. You create a suspension chain. Imagine if they didn't exist right now, right? You create one. It's not like you're just gonna all of a sudden blow up. You're gonna probably have to invest fifty to a hundred thousand dollars and just getting it out there. Yeah. So somebody else You're gonna take massive risks. Yeah. That's right. Sure so somebody else there. might have the balls to do it and yeah. you didn't necessarily do it. Oh, you know, that's totally. how it works. That's
3: how it goes. Next up is Amber. Brian, 615, during compound exercises, I feel one side engaging more than the other. Is there a way I can prevent this?
1: There absolutely is a way you can prevent this, uh, but you might not want to do it. I, I've I've communicated this to many, many people, and people do not like to give up their heavy compound mm-hmm. lifts to do this, but mm-hmm. here's the solution. Unilateral Move to training. primarily, uh, if not entirely, uh, unilateral training. Start with your weak side, the side that you feel like isn't engaging, and then match those reps with your strong side. Do not do the opposite. Yeah, Don't start with the strong side and then try to match it with the weak side. And do this for a while. It may actually, depending on the person, I had this kid I trained years ago who was uh, a pitcher um, and he pitched up throughout his entire childhood up in high school and he threw fast. This guy threw some heat. And coaches were looking at him or whatever, but one of these coaches noticed the different, the disparity between his right and left side. Like it was a big disparity. Like you could see muscle development on the pitching side, and uh, versus the, the the non-pitching side. And so this is how I had to train him for months. I had yeah. to train him this way.
0: I remember specifically even with bench, like I I noticed that my left arm would would come up. Uh, a lot faster than my right arm. And that was really just compensating for the fact that my left side was weaker. And so I was like trying to really emphasize the left and then right. And so I, I immediately took it to a unilateral training and, and uh, dumbbell training and, and just stepped away from it for a while and it made a massive difference coming back and then you know getting that balance uh re-established
2: mm-hmm. i have nothing to share because i think you shared my advice already <laughs> you got it yeah, well i think I, I think i've said that on the podcast before because it was actually close to home for me too is um i had like a really uh underdeveloped i had no chest but i had like a concave on one side it was like totally bad and mm-hmm. i remember as i started getting into weight training and i i didn't understand this concept i that in that imbalance grows so if you don't address it mm-hmm. You, it, and you no, keep, both sides yeah, will grow but one side will just
1: grow faster yeah, yeah.
2: and and honestly I, what I started to notice was that it, it gets worse mm-hmm. you know because one one keeps taking over and it becomes more and more dominant so it's like one's not getting nowhere near the, the stimulation and the exercise the other one's overstimulated for those movements because it's taking over the load and so it really started to get worse so you know, at one point you you should. I mean, and there and I did this for a long time. Like, so to Justin, you know, the last question you talked talked about a year of like suspension. it might take that long. Oh, I spent yeah. uh, I spent probably years, uh, and that was because I started to notice a big difference. And I was gaining just as much muscle. Like unilateral movements are incredible. You oh, yeah. do not. Ha- I mean, compound movements are amazing. And when you talk about the 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 biggest bang for your buck, and the 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 entire body having to communicate together. Hundred percent, yeah. But oh my, you can you can never you can never squat, but do a single leg pistol squat and and do one legged stuff uh, for forever and develop amazing legs. Yep. And if you have imbalances like this, and you can feel it when you go through a movement, yeah. I mean, yeah, I that's would have- almost an immediate signal for me
0: anymore. Like right now, like my hip is bothering me a bit. My right foot externally rotates a lot when I squat, and I'm like. Well, I need to focus on unilateral training. I just need to get outside of, uh, you know, train with a barbell for a bit to – allow, you know, everything to develop at the same pace. And so get back on on track, get reestablished, rebalanced uh, in, in the way that, uh, you know, my muscles are firing in that whole sequence. So it, it, it's just a great thing to to address. If you have any kind of imbalance, consistency, any pains, uh, it, it's something that you should consider.
1: Well, so this, I mean, for me, this was a thing because I didn't want to leave my barbell compound movements because I knew- correctly, that barbell compound movements were the best strength and muscle building exercises. I knew this. So I was like, I don't want to give it up because then I'm not going to gain as fast or whatever. And then I realized something, and here's something that I'm going to communicate to you that this might help motivate you. Compound barbell movements are the best muscle building and strength building exercises when they're done properly with the right stability, mobility, and connection. When something is off, that exercise, you're not reaping the maximum benefits. In that case, you're going to build more muscle and strength yep. going
2: unilateral. And this is what I found. I, I grew more right. doing all this one-arm, one-leg shit yep. than I had the previous four years of right. my lifting they, career.
1: It's the, it's, it's, when we talk about things being the best, we're talking about their potential. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I say the deadlift is the best, like back building exercise that you could possibly do, yeah, not if but, you do it shitty. But you can't do a good deadlift. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't do it properly. Whatever. Then, then that means it's not, it's not for you. So, if you're finding that one side is not engaging, exercises are looking off, you're not developing one side like the other one, then that means those movements are not the best for you. That's all it is. So, regardless of all the you know stuff that you hear about how great they are, that's the potential that they have. You are not reaching their potential go to unilateral, give yourself a long time to train unilateral, start with the weak side, then move to the strong side so you can match the weak side versus the other way around. And then, who knows, a year or two later, you go back to the barbell movements. Now you can reap the maximum benefit of those phenomenal exercises. But until you get to that point, uh, those exercises are inferior for you. Next
3: question is from Amber Beth. Is all muscle created equal? Can a person with more compact muscle be stronger than someone built like a bodybuilder? Oh hell yes! Yeah. That's a cool, I, that's a cool
1: actually question. I remember uh, as a kid, this confused the shit out of me. Like yeah. I would see these big muscular dudes, and then I'd see guys who were like smaller, yeah. and who were stronger. I remember we had this family friend uh, in my family who was he was a friend of ours, and he was a ex competitive bodybuilder. He used to compete. Uh, on the amateur level and to me he was like the biggest dude i'd ever i'd ever known like he was and and i mean looking back he was pretty damn muscular he probably had 19 inch arms relatively lean you know at this point he was retired but he was just this this freak look for me right and i was a kid infatuated with strength and stuff and then you have my dad my dad is i mean he's not not muscular but he's also not super muscular he's just looks kind of like a like a like a blue collar worker would look and I remember this guy coming over for dinner with his family and my dad had just bought a weight set and you know they start getting into talks about how strong and this and that. My dad's always been into strength and whatever and it's kind of a family thing for us. And I remember them going out in the backyard and loading up a barbell and one-arm snatching it. And I'll never forget, my dad, one-arm snatches 135, 135-pound barbell, one-arm snatch. The bodybuilder guy, you know, our family friend, couldn't fucking figure out what the hell was going on. So then it turned into this competition of who could lift more or whatever. And many of the exercises, my dad beat him doing. And I remember thinking, like, what the fuck? This makes no sense. That's this an, guy's-
2: That's an awesome moment as yeah. a son, too, right there. Oh, yeah. Totally. My right. <laughs> dad's a super. Totally. My dad I'm, is. I'm a also superhero. pretty sure that it, 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 it's,
1: it, it contributed to my poor body image issue because I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't anything like that. It's like, fuck, what the hell? Why don't, but anyway, I remember I couldn't figure it out. But now, of course, as a fitness professional, Understanding what I know, um, strength, yes, muscle, bigger muscle contracts harder. That's true. Bigger muscle does contract harder, but there's way more to strength than just the muscle. Well, oh, there's a
0: lot. I mean, I I saw an example of this too when I was uh, I, I was watching like this kid that was a little bit older than me uh, challenge uh, our camp counselor who was like a big guy to arm wrestling. And I'm like, dude, he has no fucking chance, dude. There's no way. And like we're all like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. And of course, you know, the the camp counselor goes in, it's super cocky and, and is just like, dude, I'm gonna crush you and and then he comes in he comes in with his technique where he, like, uses all of his force at once in the very beginning, and he's trying to get him down and rolling. And meanwhile, the other guy has, like, perfect technique. He's got his elbow pulled in. He's got his wrist in the right position everything. He's in tight. He's letting him exert all his energy, and then, bam, slams his arm onto the table, and I just blew my mind. I was <laughs> like, no way. Like, yeah. But that kid, like, he had this ability, too, to just really, like – tense up his entire body and like he had this like this this crazy strength that he could summon uh and also flawless technique so those two factors together kind produces
2: like a, a incredible result. Well this is one of my my favorite things that Sal said on the and we used to say it a lot on the show. Um I feel like we haven't talked about it in a really long time just probably because we wore it out. Uh, but I remember when we first all got together and because I knew I understood uh the impact the central nervous system had on strength, and that was this—that was the big difference between these Olympic lifters and these big, massive pro bodybuilders. Like this, these, this person had really tapped into maximizing their their CNS output. And when you gave the analogy that I never had heard anyone give before, I thought, "Oh my god, where was that?" To, for me to explain that to clients. And so I love to share that and I share it all the time and it, you were the first person I ever heard say that when you compared the central nervous system to being an amplifier for speakers and speakers are like muscles and you could have these massive, you know, 20-inch subwoofers that are big and impressive in what you see at concerts, but if you got this little weenie amp that is powering those speakers, you'll never get the full output of what the, those speakers... You'll barely could, hear any sound. You'll barely hear anything. In fact you could have little twelve inch subwoofers with the most powerful amp that maximizes everything out of those twelve inch and those twelve inch subwoofers will outpower those massive twenty-inch subwoofers. Mm-hmm. And that was like a, a, a light bulb moment for me as far as a, a coach or a trainer on how I explain the the importance of, you know, central nervous system training and the importance of understanding the CNS as the as the kind of the missing piece I think that a lot of People neglect to talk about when talking about exercise and programming, and to me that that's the best way to explain that visually for somebody who's looking at. I don't understand like why a, a massive bodybuilder like that could be so much weaker than this Olympic lifter. Yeah, I guy. think
1: that, I think, and I, I forgot what the number was, um, but I believe it was something like fifty percent. Like I, I believe it was that the average person can summon about fifty percent of their total strength. Um, and this is because the body has natural governors, so the body doesn't allow you to go past a certain point for risk of injury. So your body's always trying to protect itself. So it's like we're not going to let overbearing you overbearing mother. Yeah, we're not going we to let you, uh, you know, put out more than fifty percent of your total strength. Now, trained athletes are able to get that number higher and higher to the point where Olympic athletes, I think, are tested, or it's estimated that they can exert up to ninety-five percent of their total strength, and this is because their body they've trained their body to be okay with exerting that much force. Mm -hmm. So the central nervous system it plays a big role. This is the reason why you can take caffeine and you're stronger. Your muscles didn't grow. Well there's lots of caffeine made your CNS turn up a little bit. There's lots
2: of examples of this in sports too. Like you look at like a hitting a home run ball. With was someone pitching 90 miles an hour. You ever try to do that? You know how fucking hard that is to do that? Sure. You know how hard it is to hit a golf ball? It's hard just to make connection with it, much less to generate the most power and force until you've created this this great connection with your cns and you've you've mastered that pattern down so many times now you can call upon Mm -hmm. all of your strength everything at once and then wham and then you hit this home run wham you can drive this ball 350 yards like then you can do that but you first have to get that get connected really well and and teach that pattern really well before you can call upon it like that and that's speaking to the cns and so we see examples of this in sports all the time but this, there's great examples of that in in bodybuilding and Olympic lifting. And to your point about we we most people on average can only call upon fifty percent. I believe that is the right number. And I know I've read somewhere that Olympic lifters are known for being able to get like 80 to 90% yeah, right, right. of their percentile. Mm-hmm. So they're able to summons almost double what the average person can can actually summon to do these incredible right. feats. And then
1: you can't forget technique and leverage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's look at leverage, for example. Let's say you – I'm going to try and explain this on the podcast. It might be a little difficult. But let's look at the bench press, for example. Let's just look at the, the power of that the, the chest produces. Now think about the places that the pec inserts – on the upper arm, the humerus, because that's where it inserts, right? The pec, it's got insertions along the sternum, and then it kind of comes together and inserts um, on the humerus. Um, and when it contracts, it pulls the upper arm closer to the center of the body. So now, if you're picturing a bench press, it's bringing the upper arm closer to the center of your body. If that attachment is lower on my humerus, it's going to pull with far more strength because the leverage is much better. I have got attachments. That give me better leverage. Chimpanzees are a great example of this. Chimpanzees, one of the reasons why they are so much damn stronger than humans, part of it is their CNS. The other part of it is their leverage is incredible. They have much better leverage for especially their upper body than humans do. Now, you know what chimps can't do as well as humans? Squat. They don't have great leverage for squats. The way that their body is designed is kind of this upper body type of, of, of strength. And so leverage plays a role. And then technique plays a role. Oftentimes, you get stronger at an exercise not because you built more muscle, but just because you got better at the exercise right, or better right. at that movement. Like, who's able to generate more force? on a bike somebody who knows how to b- ride a bike real well or somebody who right. doesn't there's, know how to ride a right. bike right so who just has strong legs well, yes, well, exactly. there's a
0: psychological element to that too like you you really refine and establish this this neurological pattern you know and like every like you, the more you practice it, it 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 makes your body recognize it faster and feel that, you know, it, it, it's in a safe uh, type of a movement to where, like, it recognizes that pattern and we're going to be okay. So, therefore, we can now, uh, you know, apply a bit more force in that
1: direction. Yeah, and this is why you hear those stories of, like, you know, the the, the mom who, you know, lifts the car right. uh, to save their kid. Or, you know, police officers will talk or about... bends
0: a door all the way off its hinge.
1: Yes, yeah. or, or cops will tell you stories about, you know, scrawny drug addicts who are high on PCP, and it's like it took four officers just to hold them down. Meanwhile, yeah. the guy tore muscles off his own bone oh, yeah. because he's exerting so oh, the much aftermath force. aftermath is crazy. Yeah, so it's like, you know, there's so many, so many things that go into strength besides just how hard... Uh, A muscle could contract, but the fact remains a bigger muscle will contract harder than a smaller muscle. So if you're talking about a strong person, you know, uh, and they got great technique, great CNS, great muscle attachments, will they be stronger with bigger muscle? All things being equal, yes. Strong
0: men aren't tiny.
1: That's true. Absolutely. So, and with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download our guides. They're all absolutely free. We have guides on building your arms, your legs, on achieving a flat midsection. We have guides on how to squat more weight. We have a guide for personal trainers. If you want to become a more successful personal trainer, it talks about sales skills. Uh, it talks about assessment skills, what certifications get. All of these guides are free, and they're at mindpumpfree.com. You can also find us all on Instagram. Justin can be found at mindpumpjustin. You can find me at mindpumpsal.